Finding just the right partner is a blessing when it comes to achieving God's plans. Hi, I'm Rich Robertson, President and CEO of the Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Before taking this position, I worked with LCEF in my home congregation. It was a joy to find a true Lutheran partner that understood our unique needs as we built a school and welcomed new families into our church and community. I hope you experience that joy too. Visit lcef.org to find out how your ministry can become empowered in its kingdom work. Do you believe technology is bringing your children and family closer together or creating a greater distance? How can a parent know if their child is involved with too much screen time? What are A-plus relational skills that parents need to start at home? Join us today as I feature Arlene Pelican, author of Growing Up Social, Raising Relational Kids in a Screen-Driven World. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. As I mentioned, my guest today is Arlene Pelican. She's a popular speaker and author. She wrote 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Wife and 31 Days to a Happy Husband. She lives in Southern California with her husband and their three children. Welcome, Arlene. Thank you so much for being our guest today. So great to be with you, Kay. Thank you. All right. Well, your book is wonderful. And uh, let me just note for our listeners that Arlene is one of the authors. The other is Dr. Gary Chapman. And uh, our listeners will know his name. He's been a guest on our program several times over the last uh, couple months, I think. But uh, it's a great book, Arlene. What, What an important topic this is. Yeah, everyone who has children in their life, whether they're parents or grandparents, says, we need that book because they're struggling with, you know, we used to go out to a restaurant and just eat together, and now they're in a restaurant and they're saying, put that away, put that away, stop looking at your screen, talk to me, you know, and grandma and grandpa are having kids over and they're having to compete with a tablet for their attention. So a lot of families are, are wondering how do we deal with our relationships and nurture our relationships in this digital age. You bet. So uh, just a a broader question. Do you believe technology is bringing families closer together or creating a greater distance? I think that it is something that can do either. It can bring people together. You can think of someone Skyping grandma in a different a state or talking to a dad that's deployed overseas, and, you know, that certainly brings together even emails or texts back and forth between a teenager and a parent that are loving in nature. That's a good thing. But I think in most families, if we were really honest and we looked around, that we have thought, oh, if I buy this big screen TV, it'll be like the commercial, and our whole family will sit and we'll laugh at the program and we'll eat popcorn together, and, and we think this notion of it'll bring us together for family time. But the reality is, is that someone's watching that big screen TV, maybe sports, and someone else is watching their TV in their room, someone else is on a computer playing a video game, and everyone is in their home under the same roof, but they're with their own gadget, with their own device. And in that sense, I think in most families today, the screens are bringing us further apart rather than bringing us together. Well, that's, it's important, and I, and I like that you're saying it depends on how it's monitored. On how basically. you use it. Yeah. yeah. So what can a parent do or, or how can a parent know if their child is involved with too much screen time? Yeah, you, a lot of parents know because they've tried so many times to get their child, you know, put away that game, it's time for dinner. 
Put that away. It's time to do your homework. We're all getting in the car now. Will you please pull yourself away from that screen? <laughs> so if you find, wow, I am making those kinds of statements a lot, then chances are your child is getting too much screen time. They're too dependent, too attached to it. I know some families who think everything is okay, and then they say, you know what, let's try an experiment on Sundays or one day of the week. Let's power down, no tablets, no video games, you know, and they announce this, you know, to their family. We're going to have family time. We're going to do stuff together. And the kids, oh, they moan and they groan and they say, you can't do this to us. And then as parents, you realize, wow, they are more connected than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see it's hard for your child to detach, so for instance, I know families that go on vacation, and many times people will go out into the mountains or somewhere where there's not, you know, you can't get on the Internet and these things. And I know families who have come back from their vacations early because there was so much complaining and belly aching from the kids that they said, we can't get online, we're so bored, take us back home. And the parents were so tired of it that they just packed them up and went home. So these, of course, are signs that your kids are too dependent, and you've got to wean them off slowly of that kind of dependency. Yeah, yeah. I, I And I'm a grandma, so um, I grew up, uh, you know, our kids didn't, we had television, but yeah. we didn't have all this technology. Uh, but uh, I see that in my grandchildren's lives. They're down in California, and yeah. uh, they're not in California. They're in they're in. Texas, what am I saying? And um, I, I see the good and the bad, but what are some ways a parent can address their concerns mm-hmm. with their child? Yeah, I think it's always, you know, you want to see the age of the child. If your child is younger, so this is a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, you can decide, hey, I realize my child is, is really way too attached to these games, and it's not good for them because then they're not able to be patient, you know, because for children... What the risk is for young children, all children, but particularly young children, if they are used to being constantly entertained, right, they can watch what they want. Now they're not bored in the grocery store. They're holding their tablet and they're having all this fun. They miss out on interacting with real people. They miss out on actually being bored because uh, the truth is when you go through life, whether it's in a kindergarten classroom or somewhere else, it's going to be boring Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. and your child's going to have to be able to sit through that. And so if you see that's happening, then when your children are younger, you can say, okay, wait a minute, I've let them watch Unlimited. I need to bring that down to two hours a day. And then I need to bring that down to one hour a day. You can start imposing those kinds of rules and be consistent. When your children are older, it involves a conversation. It's not just like, I'm going to take this away now. You know, mommy's Mm -hmm. going to lock up your tablet for a week. The kids will be like, what's wrong with my mom? You know, (laughs) and so it may start with a mom or a dad saying, first, I'm, you know what? I want to start by apologizing to you because I've realized that I've gotten a little bit, you know, lazy in my parenting, and I've real and I realized that it's easier for me just to let you do whatever you like with your with your tablet or watching TV or whatever. But you know what? There are more valuable things we could do together that's that are going to help you grow. And I'm really sorry that I've let you watch too much TV. And so now this is what we're going to try. We are going to the next week. We're going to lessen our television viewing by half an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. And instead, we're going to read a book together. And you might read a book that that your child would find very interesting, and you might read that aloud to them for even five minutes. Just replace that Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. with something that's more positive, and it doesn't have to be long. But make those small incremental changes. You know, if your kid is an average 8- to 18-year-old, they're watching seven hours a day of some kind of screen time, computer, video game, uh, television. It's a lot of time. By the time, if someone was born today, a child, by the time they're seven, 
they spend one full year of their life of 24-hour days in front of a screen. Mm. So that is something for us as parents that if that's the track that we're on, we need to say, oh, my goodness, my son, my daughter, I'm very sorry. I- I'm-, I'm letting you waste one-seventh of your life, you know, if you have a mm-hmm. seven-year-old watching screens, and I'm sorry, and we're going to replace those things with more uh, beneficial activities. Go play outside, you know, go read a book. Let's go play this game together. Let's learn this craft together, whatever. And, again, it starts with small changes so that your child, if they're used to the eight hours a day, you don't go to zero, mm-hmm. you know, overnight. But you might say, you know what, we're going to go to six and a half hours. And then after that's pretty normal, you'll go to, okay, we're going to go to five hours now. And you rein those numbers back. That's important. Well, how does increased screen time threaten the emotional and educational development yeah. of a child? Yeah. So many times we just don't know as parents. We think, well, that's good. They're, they're watching TV. It's not bad. You know, it's what they're watching, the content is not evil. So surely that will, will be okay. But when you look at it, let, let's look at the emotional uh, part of a child. Many times on what we are watching on screens, maybe they are not showing the values that you want. You know, if you think about even Sesame Street, uh, something that's so, you would think, innocuous, many times they do have an agenda of what they are trying mm-hmm. to say to children, uh, what they might define as a family, what they might define as, uh, you know, I had one person uh, say to me, can you imagine I was watching Sesame Street and they were having, having this talk, Bert and Ernie, about 50 shades of oatmeal. You know, that's extremely inappropriate for a child. Why do they need to be introduced to that uh, 50 shades of gray through Sesame Street of all places? Mm-hmm. So we've got to look at the content, what is being shown to our child, and, and really consider that because it's, it can be very damaging emotionally because they see wrong things modeled and they start to think that things are okay that perhaps are against your personal values. Sure. Uh, and then educationally, you know, screen time teaches a child who is already inherently selfish and self-centered, aren't we all, you know? Mm-hmm. Screen time teaches a child, it's all about me, it's all about what I want, uh, you know, this is what I want to see. If this television show is boring, I will change the channel, I will watch something else. Every six seconds, this picture is going to change. I'm going to be constantly stimulated. This is so exciting. And what we're doing is we're setting them up to not be able to focus, to not be able to learn, to have concentrated reading, to have comprehension. When they get to school, all of a sudden the teacher's just standing there, and what does the student do? They zone out. It's mm-hmm, boring. Mm-hmm. You know, so all these screens are teaching our children that life is exciting, life is instant, it's all about you, it's all about your pleasure, it's about consumerism, it's about getting that, you know, even the, the average child will see thousands and thousands of food ads, and they're usually not for broccoli, you know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> tofu or something. They're, <laughs> they're for junk food. So, so there's this constant stream of things that really threaten your child's well-being. You bet, you bet. Well, can screen time impact a child's brain stimulation? I think you've kind of touched yeah. on that a little bit, haven't you? Yes, it is, it is amazing. They've done studies where they've taken a group uh, of people who are used to being on the Internet and then another part of the group that is not Internet savvy at all, and they scanned their brains while they were doing Google searches. And the brains of the Internet users looked very different than the other ones. So the, the, just the sheer uh, fact that they were on the Internet, their brains had adjusted to that, and they looked mm. different. Well, they had the non-users do Google searches for one hour a day for just five days. So it was only that short amount of time. And then they re-scanned the brain while they were doing those Google searches. And guess what? The novices already looked 
like the pros. So in just that one week, mm. they had reprogrammed their brains to do these Google searches. Well, that just shows the power of using it that your brain can be rewired very quickly. So the bad news about that is, wow, this is really having an impact on my, on my child's brain. Mm-hmm. And what it is is it's the brain that's the brain parts that are used to quick decisions. So, oh, do I click on this link or do I click on that link? And oh. there's, it's like rapid-fire searches, looking for things, periphery mm-hmm. vision, you know, things like that, which is fine. Those are fine things. But this part that is neglected, which, is, which would show up if someone was reading a book, would be those deep concentration, more of the memory part of the brain. Those things are under-stimulated. Mm. So the good news for the parent who thinks, well, if I don't have my child have the latest gadget, they'll be left behind in the 21st century. You know, how, how will they survive in the work world? I always take comfort in, you know what? those people reprogram their brain in five days. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't take that long for a child or an adult to learn how to use, uh, you know, a Facebook account or a Twitter account for children, let's say. It's very easy for them to learn and pick up a video game. If they had five hours with a video game, they'd pick it up. They'd be just fine. But if they, uh, let's say, though, that you say, okay, let's get our kid into the latest gadget so they're not behind, but what do they miss? They miss the ability to be able to focus, to be able to concentrate, to comprehend, to have patience, self-control. Those qualities cannot be taught in five hours Mm -hmm. in one week. So you'd much rather err towards teaching these fundamentals to a child than teaching them technology, because technology can be learned very easily. Yeah. So children can become addicted to screen time. Is that correct? They certainly can, because, you know, screen time, uh, there's that hit of dopamine when when someone watches something and they laugh and, oh, that was so funny, and, they, ooh, it's like a reward. It's like, oh, that was neat. For adults, we know it because it's like, ding, oh, what do we get on our phone? And you look at it because you want to see what's there. You know, what's that new text? What's that new email? And it is this, it's, you know, it's almost like a, a gambling, like pulling the lever and seeing, what do I get, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I get? Mm-hmm. So it's this feeling of what's next, what's out there, and that can be very addicting. And so, uh, you know, many kids today play video games. Uh, they say 95 to 97 percent of child, children play some kind of video games. And we would take, we would be wise to look at other countries that are further down the line technologically, China, Taiwan, Korea, where they have up to 30 percent of their teenagers who are clinically addicted to screens. And what this means is they're on screens uh, perhaps 38 hours a week, it's like a full-time job, you know, playing video games or being on screens. They have withdrawal symptoms when the Internet's not available. They, uh, their tolerance is, you know, when you, when you first see something and it's so thrilling, but after you've seen it for a while, it's kind of like, eh, didn't do anything for me. You need something grander, you know, more dramatic. You know, it's those kinds of things that your children get used to a certain level, particularly in violent games. If you have a boy that's playing violent games, you'll see that progressively they'll become a little bit more and more violent because now what used to be violent to them is nothing and they can take it to the next level. Mm. And those are things we must be very vigilant against because those violent video games are very harmful for children. Yeah, I bet they are. Well, let's talk about some of the A-plus relational skills that parents need to start at home. Yeah, we know about those A-plus academic skills, 
But what we're seeing in this screen age that many uh, personal attributes are being neglected because of screen time. Mm. So the first A is affection. You know, if your child is able to give and receive affection properly, the next A is appreciation. Does your child appreciate what they have or are they this entitled generation that's like, I need it, I need it now, I deserve it. Uh, anger management. Does your child, when they get angry, just throw something down or just get to their video game or turn up their music real loud? Or are they able to manage their anger to deal with it constructively? Apology is the fourth one. Is your child able to receive an apology, give an apology? Uh, perhaps, you know, for teens, you could imagine them just texting sorry and they think it's over, you know, and you've got to be able to do more than that. And the last A plus skill is attention. Can your child pay attention to you as a parent? And to their teachers, are they able to sustain their attention? You can oh, tell yeah. that if a child, wow, I've got a child that can show affection, they hug, they, they're appreciative, they say thank you when I give them something. When they get angry, they're able to say, this is what made me so angry. And then they're able to forgive when that's rectified. And then they can pay attention in class. You can imagine that's any teacher's dream, you know, any parent's dream. You bet, you bet. I have a few announcements I want to make, and then we're going to come back and continue talking with Arlene Pelican, uh, the author of Growing Up Social, Raising Rena- Relational Kids in a Screen-Driven World. Each week, Family Shield offers a booklet or resource to our listeners. This week, we're offering Practical Parenting. To receive the booklet at no charge, call our response center, one 317 We're also going to be giving away three of Arlene and Dr. Chapman's books, the same book I just mentioned, Growing Up Social, through a drawing. Call our response center. Again, that number, 1-877-317-4326, and let our representative know that you want to enter the drawing. Don't forget to mention the topic. Then leave your complete name and address. The drawing will be held after the program has aired on all of our radio stations. You can email us with this information as well through the website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Again, I want to give you that number to call, 1-877-317-4326. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to their website at www.thrivent.com slash thriventchoice or call them directly 1-800-847-4836. Thrivent Choice dollars help us pay for radio airtime and we appreciate your support. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. Write us and let us know how the program is impacting you and your family. You can also submit prayer requests. You can write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Don't forget, we also have an archive page where you can hear past programs, and you can sign up to receive our email newsletter, again, on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. I want to go back to my guest, Arlene Pelican. She is the author of several books, including 31 Days to Becoming a Happy Wife, uh, and this book that we're featuring today, Growing Up Social. I am sure, uh, Arlene, that they can find your book at many Christian bookstores. Are there other places they can go? 
Sure, any online retailer, whether you go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, Christian Book Distributor, will have the book, and and we would love for you to enjoy it. There are many things that, that will benefit you, including a quiz. Does your child have too much screen time? Yeah, it's got so much good stuff in it. I just uh, uh, marked several things. It's it's a wonderful book with a lot of good information uh, that will help parents learn to uh, help their children and grandchildren growing up social to have a, a monitored mm-hmm. um, uh, screen time and uh, learn what they need to do to make that happen. So, uh, Arlene, should parents be actively involved in their child's social media life? They sure should. You know, they should be involved. And you know what? If you have a a younger child, so let's say someone in elementary school, then certainly you are able to guide that a whole lot more. And I actually wanted to, it, it relates to this, with a book, if you have a baby through elementary school age, that is really the prime time, prime period to get this book. It's not necessarily uh, geared for those who already have teenagers because many times those things are set. So for instance, in regard to your question, if your teenager is already, you know, texting, uh, you know, they say the average high school girl is going to text 4,300 times (laughs) this month and a boy is going to trail behind a 2,600 text a month, which is still an amazing amount of text and time. You know, if your child is there, then you might not be able to just all of a sudden be able to jump in and monitor. They may think like, Mom and Dad, what in the world are you doing poking into my life? But if you have a child, a baby, a toddler, an elementary school child, you really can begin to instill in them, when you become a teenager, I'm going to be involved in your life. And in the same way that I care about the friends you have now, I'm going to care when you're a teenager about the friends you have in your life, and I'm, I'm going to want to be involved. And if you prepare them that, hey, if you're going to be on a social network, guess what? I'm going to be there too. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But you have to work super hard not to embarrass them. You have to work super hard not to do anything that would make them feel foolish in front of their friends because obviously that would be counterproductive. But you can do that. And if you have a teenager that's really involved in social media and you pick up this book and you get a few ideas, I think it can become something where you can tell your child, you know what, honey, I am so, uh, I so want to connect with you. I don't want to offend you. I don't want to get into your social media world. I don't want to make you feel weird. But I do want to be involved, and let's talk about how I can be more like that because I, I, it's so important to be in your child's life before they graduate out of your home. And as long as they're under your roof, you still have room to make those changes. You bet. You bet. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, uh, it's, like I said, it's just a great book, wonderful yeah. information. So is there a danger in providing your child all the latest technological gadgets? Yeah, it's kind of twofold. One would be, okay, you've given this child, uh, let's say, uh, um, a smartphone, a, a younger child, let's say a fifth grader or a sixth grader. You give them a smartphone, they're connected to the Internet, so sure they can do quote-unquote research from school, but they also can do a whole lot more, mm-hmm. can't they? Yes, they can. So there is a danger in giving them too much just in terms of content, like giving a child more than they can handle, mm-hmm. even the most responsible, moral child. If you give them something like, oh, here's the Internet for you to use, and, and even if you've got a you know, protection on there that makes it more family-friendly, there is always something that's unsavory for that child to find. So it's like setting a child in a mall and saying, I'm going to, drop you off here and pick you up in three hours, you know, good luck. You, you don't know who are they going to run, mm-hmm. run into, where are they going to go. And even with the best intentions of just wanting to look at Legos, they're going to find some trouble along the way. 
So in the same way, one of the dangers of giving the latest technologies is, wow, you were not ready for this. Mm -hmm. You know, I gave you something that you were not ready for. And it really could simply be a tablet with games in it, but your child just wasn't ready to regulate himself or herself to not be on that thing 24-7, you know. So that's something you've got to consider. The other thing is the whole idea of discipline, self-discipline and gratitude of if a child always gets what they want when they Mm -hmm. want it, you know, what does that teach them? I don't have to wait for anything. I get my needs met right now. There's no delayed gratification. And this child grows up to be the young adult who charges everything, finds himself Mm -hmm. $6,000 in debt and says, but I always get what I want when I want it. So there's a huge benefit of saying to your child, oh, that's something that you want? Okay, well, it costs $150, and when you've saved $150, if you still want it and you think it's appropriate, you know, then you can buy it. And then when that child does buy it, they really appreciate it because they've earned it and they've worked for it. You bet, yes. So uh, how can screen time impact a child's emotions? Mm-hmm. I think that uh, thinking of, of gratitude, we were talking about gratitude, mm-hmm. screen time tends to make children not very grateful. So, for instance, if you have a child and they're reading a book on the couch and then you say, okay, it's time to go have dinner, they, they put down that book and they're in a pretty good place. You know, they're ready to talk, they're fine, they're not really that aggravated or anything, they're pretty pleasant. But if you take a child off of a television show or a video game or something they're doing and you say that, there's this... Mom, Dad, just five more minutes. It's almost over. Can't I watch the show? And there's this instant pushback, and there's this instant tension in the home. Ask any parent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They'll say, why is it that my child becomes so whiny and demanding after the screen time that I gave them for entertainment and pleasure? (laughs) You know, like I let you watch this program and do these things and have fun, and yet when you come off of it, you're so grumpy. And so emotionally, I think it can make a child be very selfish, that they want to constantly be entertained. And so it doesn't give them that self-discipline, that self-control that is so foundational to all the other attributes that this child needs to grow. So I think that's a huge one. They've shown, research has shown that grateful children are more resilient. They have less headaches. They have less stomach aches. They perform better in school. So if you can show your child how to be grateful, and usually that gratitude is best expressed through appreciating what they have, through saying thank you, you know, and screens kind of fight against that because they're very self-centered. All right. Arlene, we have less than a minute left. Any quick thoughts that you really wanted to share? I just want to encourage parents, you know what, it's okay not to be normal. Of course, you want to show your kids technology. You don't want it to be like, oh, never touch this, because, of course, when they get older, they'll be like, I have to touch that. I've been told not to touch that all my life. You know, so show them the different technology. Educate them on this is what this is used for. But then let them uh, teach them what is the purpose of this. You know, if I'm going to get a phone, what's the purpose of getting this phone? And talk through that. So don't be afraid of technology, but also don't be afraid to say, hey, you know what? We're going to be the family that everybody gets their cell phones in high school and not in sixth grade. You know, don't be afraid to be different because if you look around, average is not working that well. The results we're getting with our kids is not that great. All right, good. My guest has been Arlene Pelican. We've been talking about her book, Growing Up Social, Raising Relational Kids in a Screen-Driven World. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Learn more about us at www. FamilyShieldMinistries.com. Don't forget to sign up 
for, for the drawing for her book. And again, I want to thank her for being my guest. God bless your day. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.